I've got another lament psalm today. I promise I didn't just sign up for this and, you know, it's fine. I can be misunderstood as being in a bad mood all the time, but David might have that same perception as well. So let's not worry about what we think of each other, right? Let's just dig into God's word. I promise I didn't just sign up for all these lament psalms. There were holes that nobody signed up for and I'm filling in the gaps. So it's cloud with blues hour here on the podcast. It's another lament. I did this two days ago and some last week. So we talked about that. Let's just dig in. This one's actually a famous one that you might have memorized as part of your evangelism um, opportunities. And so let's just dig in. Psalm chapter 14. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They do abominable deeds. There is none who does good. The Lord looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God. They have all turned aside. Together, they have become corrupt. There is none who does good, not even one. Have they no knowledge? All the evildoers who eat up my people as they eat bread and do not call upon the Lord? There they are in great terror, for God is with the generation of the righteous. You would shame the plans of the poor, but the Lord is his refuge. Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion when the Lord restores the fortunes of his people. Let Jacob rejoice. Let Israel be glad. Oh, he ends on a positive note. That's good. But he's lamenting again, and he's upset about stuff for the rest of the psalm. And that's really kind of the main point. Now, you've probably used this in your evangelism. If you're talking with somebody, and like, hey, I'm basically good. No, no, you're not. And this psalm talks about that. And so I think probably the biggest teaching in this whole psalm is this idea now theologians have have coined a phrase for this it's a doctrine it's a it's a teaching it's gone back hundreds of years now but so you probably may have heard this term before theologians have called this total depravity now that comes with a lot of things i prefer to call this comprehensive sin right so that's what's going that's a doctrine that's in this scripture it's kind of hard to refute that what we see is comprehensive sin in other words, like sin that's so comprehensive that it takes over everything, right? Even people who do good things do it with wrong motives. We see that pretty clearly in verse 2. I mean, the Lord, he's perfect. He's holy, right? He says that he looks down from heaven on the children of man to see if there are any who understand, who seek after God, right? So uh, even people that have good intentions upon their own will, upon their own efforts, like He sees those people too. Then verse three says, they have all turned aside together. They have become corrupt. There's none who does good, not even one. And so even in people that are trying to seek after God, they're doing it. They're, they're flawed. They're, they're corrupt. It's the sin has taken over every facet of being human because that's part of the fall. You go back to Genesis three for that. And so sin is comprehensive. You're totally depraved if you're born in Adam. Now in Christ, we have the Holy Spirit who dwells in us, but David is not getting to that yet. He's lamenting the fact that, man, people are messed up. Like he's upset. Sin has made its mark and is totally depraved. People who are now comprehensively affected by the fall, who are now comprehensively sinners, right? That, and so the, what's the practical takeaway? Well, at the end, you know, obviously we need to understand this, right? And, and you know, if you're sharing the gospel with other people, 
we believe this sometimes too. Or if you have kids, oh, he's good. He's trying. You know, he. We're basically good. No, it's not true. It is not true. David talks about it here, and God says there's no one that's truly good. That's why we need God. That's why we need Jesus. And so, obviously, we abstract that principle and look forward to the New Testament where that is fulfilled. But in verse uh, 7, part of that lament is confessing this, right? I'm affected by sin. I was born that way without Christ. I'm not good. No one's good. Now, this has so many different implications, like... People just don't like to say that word anymore. It sounds real old school, like sweating preacher, sin, talking about, he's talking about sin all the time. He just made poor choices. Well, no, you're a sinner. Sin is comprehensive, but look forward to the rejoicing that we have uh, when Christ fulfills that and we are perfect in God's eyes. Then verse 7 says, Oh, that salvation for Israel would come out of Zion. When the Lord restores the fortunes of his people, let Jacob rejoice, let Israel be glad. So we rejoice when we look forward to that salvation. Y'all have a great day. We'll see you on the next episode. <laughs>